Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? I'm Commander John Carlo Shepard. I am TJ Effect. I am unaffected by the masses. Hey. Uh, (laughs) I'm Commander Mass Effect. (laughs) And this week, we're reviewing Mass Effect. Woo! Yay. Mass Effect 1, to be specific, because oh. the Legendary Edition just came out, so we are reviewing that version oh. of the game, but re- today we're talking about one, not all three. Right. Because there are not that many hours in the day. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so for those of you who may not know, Mass Effect is a uh, beloved RPG, uh, sci-fi, space, fly around, do the stuff. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't like. There is no elegant introduction for Mass Effect, other at least in my mind, other than it's Mass Effect. And if you don't know what Mass Effect is, like, where are you? Um. But yeah, it is a a, a sci-fi RPG originally made by Bioware before it was bought, and then um, you know, as all things EA buys, bad things happened. Um. But this is the remaster. The Legendary Edition, um, this game came out, I don't remember. 2007? Early 2000s, yeah, something like that. Um, And so, yeah, for context, hi, I played it, or well, I am playing it, um, on PC, and yeah, I'm a couple of hours in, enough to kind of have a taste for the mechanics in the world, um, but I did not get as much time as I wanted in, especially for story reasons. Uh, but I have played, uh, I did play Mass Effect 1 many years ago. Uh, the only thing is that I gave up at a certain point because I found uh, some of the mechanics to be unbearable. Ooh. But yeah. <laughs> we can talk about how they have changed those um, now. But yeah, that is, that's me. I played this physically on my PS5, but it's a PS4 game. Uh, and I beat all of Mass Effect 1. In a single weekend. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. It's only like... I did it in 24, 25 hours-ish. And I saw like a good like majority of the side quests, I think. So I got my fill of the first game. And uh, I defeated it on Sunday. And I've begun Mass Effect 2. Preparing for that now. Yeah. Nice. I've never played a Mass Effect game. Ever in my life. <laughs> That sounded so sad. sad. It sounded so sad. And I never will. (laughs) Uh, I have also never played a Mass Effect game. I always confuse the Mass Effect games for another game. I don't know what other game it is. Maybe. Maybe. They're similar. Anyway, I don't know. There are so many, like, space space games with like I feel like that font of like Mass Effect anyway no I didn't play it I'm sorry I didn't play the game I didn't play it and yep that's it so (laughs) 
I guess uh, it's the Palazzo Show. Welcome back. Welcome back <laughs> yeah. Did you? Where do we want to start today, Palazzo? Uh, well, you seem to have the most experience, like comparing the the current one and like the one that you played all those years ago. So I guess just starting with the technical updates here. Sure. Uh, it's not a remake. Just want to emphasize that. It, it, yeah, it is definitely not a remake. Not to start with a it negative is... note, but this whole Legendary Edition stuff, like, yeah, it might be the definitive way to play the games now, but it seems like a cash grab. I'm just saying. This is still Unreal Engine legendary. 3. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, uh, from what I've seen, like screenshot comparisons, it does look better visually, of course. And mm-hmm. from what I've heard, a lot of certain mechanics with both uh, shooting and that fucking Mako thing, it, it, things have improved greatly from the original to this one. But sure. you had hands-on experience with it, so what did you think? Yeah, so so let's start there. Uh, I, first, I played this um, back on the first PC I ever built. And um, until, like, more recent years, I've had a very, like, on-and-off relationship with, like, video gaming and stuff. Um, I think this was the last game I played for a period of gaming in my life, if that tells you anything about uh, the mechanics. Um, So, like a... Sorry, there's a hair in my mouth, and I don't think that's conducive to podcasting. Um... (laughs) So, like Palazzo was saying, this is very clearly a remaster and not a remake. Uh, to the extent that, yeah, I hate to start with a negative, but, like, I kind of was expecting a little more in, the, in like, visual updates. Um, it doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look great either, like... You got characters walking around with bug eyes, dude. Like, ugh. Yes, 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 yes. So that's one of the things I want to talk about. Um, so like the the textures are very clearly updated to be higher resolution. Uh, there's clearly nicer lighting. You know, bunch of stuff like that. But like, how do I put this? It is very much a new coat of paint, and the underlying bones are still exactly the same for the most part. Uh, to the point where um, the <laughs> the captain of the ship, not you, but the other captain, um, he's always looking at you. Uh, it, he looks like, you know when a dog looks at you at an awkward angle and those eyes, like it looks like they're terrified even if they're like perfectly chilled? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That weird dog eye angle? His eyes always look like a scared dog. <laughs> uh, <Captain laughs> like he's Anderson? talking at you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... And so there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, your running animation doesn't look the best. Uh, Your facial structure's, like, not the best compared to, like, a modern game. But I don't think that it's that big a deal. It is just noticeable, though, that, like, there's not that much of of an update to, like, I guess the physics of the world and that sort of thing. Well, right, because that game perfectly lends itself for a remake. Because this game came out in 2007. Out of the big Mm -hmm. hitters of that year bioshock came out that year yeah. i think did halo come out that year maybe or one of the halos maybe one of the halos but not the original but of like the heavy hitters of that year this is clearly the most dated so i don't know why they didn't go the mafia route with it 
and do a remake for the first game. You could remaster two and three because apparently those yeah. still hold up very well. But this one uh, absolutely lended itself for that. And they didn't go with that. And I don't want to be too harsh on it because I'm just coming off of two of the best games I've ever played in my entire life best looking games with Returnal and Resident Evil so it might not be too fair to bring this game down because it's just a remaster but I think they could have gone a little bit farther with it you know uh it it seemed like they they were cashing in on the hype of Mass Effect and not really pushing themselves too much you know Uh, I I definitely actually agree with you I think it might have been wise of them to just release the remake of Mass Effect 1 and then make us wait a bit longer for 2 and then 3 um, instead of trying to do it all at once. Well, it is it is nice to have all of them at once. And again, I have not touched two or three, so like I'm not commenting on those at all. I'm just talking about one. Um, but it it just could have used some more polish. Like there is there is still a lot of jank. I will say to their credit though, um, the jank that does exist here is all like goofy. Like it doesn't really matter jank. It's not something like cyberpunk where like oh here's this uh, you know this important thing is broken now all the jank i've run into is like i kill an enemy and like their body physics went real wild or like this npc's talking to me and their face is all over the place uh it's silly jank i had one where like a character was bouncing up and down in front of me during a cutscene. um yeah but they're they're frequent like i could probably think about at least five off the top of my head right now that happened so that's unfortunate um, but nothing game-breaking or anything like that. I have spent many uh, elevator rides in the game with Commander Shepard, like, facing the wrong way and, like, an inch away from one of the followers' yeah, faces. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can position him uh, however you want it when you run into the elevator. I try to make him facing forward, but, yeah, that yeah. happens quite often. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but, yeah. I again I do want to be clear the the gameplay itself is smooth uh all the jank is purely I guess visual jank like it's it's inconsequential but it is stuff that like I've noticed rather frequently well um, that's the jank of the legendary edition or, or I guess the remaster of it but what about yeah. the jank that just comes from the original game in the gameplay uh, I actually, I really want to get your thoughts on how you like the controls and all of that. Um, for the most part, I thought, like, gunplay and stuff was tight. It felt good for the most part. We'll talk about, like, the actual mechanics, I guess, in a second. But, like, gameplay, uh, you you have your weapons. You have simple upgrade systems. Uh, you have skill trees, which you update quite quickly. I'm, I'm always surprised at how many skill points I gain with each level up. Um, but yeah, like you have options, so there's there's fun stuff to mess with there. Uh, it's not hard to like roll them back if you want to try something different. Um, and the gameplay is very much like these enemies have a shield, and then they also have health. You got to break through the shield and then damage their health before uh, it, it the shield regenerates. Same for you, and then also like you have stamina in the form of like guns overheating where if you let a gun overheat all the way it takes forever to cool back down so you're better off just swapping to another weapon um we'll talk about like how that's balanced in gameplay overall i think it's pretty good it feels tight but there are some instances of jank a few that bothered me in particular one this game has like an automatic cover system where like if you run towards an item you will get into cover when it works great it's great 
and when it doesn't, it's really annoying. Like, there have been times where I've wanted to shoot at something and I couldn't because of the way it was, like, interpreting me being in cover and the positioning of the enemy. Um, and then the point where I stopped playing the game the first time was uh, at one point you unlock the Mako, which is a terrestrial ship that you use to explore, like, the surfaces of other planets for a lot of missions. And in the original game, the Mako's controls are literally, like, kill yourself bad. That's what I've heard. Um, this game is better, but honestly, not by much. Mm, okay. uh, it is, it's a lot smoother. But, like, the frustrations are still there. Like, I, I notice in this game, the thing I really hate is that you, like, again, on a PC, you use WASD, right, to, like, move as you always do same thing in the mako uh but in the mako it's based on like which way you are pointing the cursor uh that the mako drives and so oh. the thing is if i point the cursor because your turret kind of rotates 360 if i point the cursor to the rear of the mako and i press w to go forward um it will drive towards where the camera is pointing so it'll drive in reverse and then, essentially, the Mako will eventually try to right itself. But because it tries to do that on its own, instead of just letting you control the ship, sometimes, like, when you're shooting at an enemy and trying to strafe, based on the way the, the camera's positioned, it is, like, the biggest pain in the world. Because all of a sudden, you know, the A key to go to the left, based on where you're pointing, like, it's not controlling the vehicle the way that your brain intuits. Because for me, it's like, no matter which way the camera's pointing, I know what the front of the vehicle is, and I'm going to press left to turn the vehicle left, not relative to where the camera's pointing. And because in this game, it's treating it relative to where the camera's pointing, sometimes pressing left will make the vehicle, you know, drive in reverse, right? Or something like that. And I found that very difficult to, or not very difficult, but very annoying to kind of wrap your head around, along with other little things that, again, have just carried over, like... In this game, the um, the sprint button and the use item button are they are one command. Like I went to try and rebind my keys because use on PC like you usually want to be E or F, and then sprint you usually want to be shift. But in this game, since they are both tied together, that would mean that like if I wanted to bind my sprint to shift anytime I wanted to use an item, I'd have to press shift, and that was just weird. Oh. So I left it on space where it was by default. And so my brain has, like, struggled to adjust to that. Little stuff like that. Again, I think they have improved everything enough that it, the game is no longer unplayable. So props to them because I gave up on Mass Effect 1 the first time around. It is miles better, but it's still annoying. Um, and I don't know if you ran into those problems. Like, the cover especially happens to me all the time. I have to, like, leave cover to be able to shoot and then go back into cover. Oh, um, at one point in the game, I figured out I don't even need to use cover. Like, I'm perfectly fine just vaguely standing Project. behind where a cover would be and just jumping mm -hmm. out and shooting from there. I I didn't even bother with that because, yeah, that is very janky trying to get into cover and, like, oh, wait, I didn't want to go there. It, it was weird and off. Um but I, I was actually pleasantly surprised with the gameplay for the most part because I had heard horror stories about the Mako. I always call him Mako because Final Fantasy is on the brain, but it's Mako, like the shark, right? Yeah. So yeah. Mako, I heard, was super jank in the original game. It felt okay for me, 
Um, I just got sick of it after a while because if you are going off and doing side quests consistently, the Mako mm-hmm. is literally 50% of the game. And it sucks. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. We will. But I, I find the way they handle side quests uh, interesting in a number of ways. Yeah. yeah. It's like a cool little novelty for the first couple planets you go to. But after that, I'm like, just come on now, please. And the planets look the same. We could talk about that in the side quests in a second. But uh, when it comes to shooting, this is what I was most surprised about. It felt like an actual genuine third-person shooter which is what it appears to be however this is a lot like uh morrowind that we played in that it's actually dice rolls that are going on when it comes to shooting so it's not always gonna be snappy and right dead on with your target but it does its damnedest to really feel that way which i was impressed by so i actually wasn't bothered by any of that for the most part when it came to gunplay i enjoyed quite a bit of it I thought it was a little too easy at times, especially if you are consistently keeping up to date with the most powerful weapon you got. And if you're exploring enough, you will find really powerful guns. If you uh, buy skill points right away and dump them into certain uh, abilities like combat and health and stuff. Um, so maybe it was a little too easy, but the actual process of you know shooting things I found to be uh, quite a bit of fun. The other thing that I learned right away that I was a little disappointed by were uh, your teammates, albeit, and we'll talk about this with story and character, they're super cool and fun to have around. They're completely expendable. Don't need to worry about them. Mm -hmm. You don't need to use their abilities. You don't need to uh, heal them constantly. If they're dead, doesn't matter. You could get through an encounter just fine and they'll wake back up. So that was a little disappointing. I guess it's like the Donald and Goofy effect in Kingdom Hearts. Like, don't matter. They could die and everything's fine. Um, but other than that, I, I was, you know, I don't know what exactly they updated other than the Mako controls and maybe tightened up the shooting, but I, I actually did have a good time for the most part with that. I think things work better if you're going through the main missions because there's more variety there that can be found with the gameplay. If you do what I did and just streamline side quests for hours and hours and hours, it could get very dull very fast so i would uh recommend to people to vary it up a bit maybe do a main mission then a few side quests then jump back to the main quests but yeah yeah um i i guess we'll jump into it in a second but i found that like the overall note that i can give on the remaster is that even though it may not be as extensive as like a diehard fan would wish right like you want to see this in full like beautiful ray trace glory with like perfect physics and realistic models that's not what you're getting right but um it makes a lot of the um just age of the game that made it unplayable you know even just a few years after it, right? Uh, it removes all of it. Yeah. Um, it still leaves some frustrations in, again, because the bones are the same, but corrects it just enough that, to me, I felt so much more encouraged to do everything this time around. Yeah, me too. Uh, whereas in the first one, I found myself skipping like a lot of the side quests and stuff. Maybe it's just me changing with age or something, but I I really do think it's because the gameplay was far more enjoyable. And mechanically, um, 
although I do get frustrated with like the cover system and stuff like that, I actually think the gunplay is very tight and I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and there are options if you actually were a fan of how the original game operated to make it more yeah. like that experience. You could actually set the controls for the Mako to be just like the original. Don't know why you'd want to do that, but yeah, you they, can. <laughs> they put a number of options for people who want to experience it as it was. Like, for example, at the beginning, at Palazzo, I don't know what you chose. Um, but they basically um, refreshed how leveling works, yeah. and they they brought it down to 30 levels. But if you want to, you can set it back to how it was in the original game, where there are a full 60 levels. And basically, all of that is expanded, and it takes longer. Maybe that's why the game felt easier to you? So I was confused about that. It The description mm-hmm. says it did bring it down to 30 levels, and I believe that. But I heard in the original game, they cap you at a certain point. Like, you cannot go beyond a certain level, and you have to play the game again to move beyond that. But in this version, they don't cap it. So I was confused about those particulars. Uh, It sounds like the legendary version is better and improved, but it says it only lets you go to 30. So I wasn't quite sure how that exactly worked. I don't know if you know either, but... I'm not going to lie, I'm not fully certain, um, but it seems to me like what they were trying to accomplish with the leveling was like just make it more consistent. And like I said, yeah, you do level up very frequently. It feels like, um, to me, it feels kind of Outer Worlds in that respect, where um, it's like you're constantly unlocking new abilities. But to me, I found that rather fun. Um, and... It, it just, it felt like we were moving and every, it, it goes towards, again, kind of like uh, removing frustrations in a way to encourage you to like just have more fun in the game, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the biggest thing I could say about gameplay is that it's just an added flavor for what you're really after, which is the story and progressing yeah. through the next scenario and seeing what happens with different characters and events and you just happen to have little shooting galleries spread out through it you have to take the mako from point a to point b to get to where you want to go um i don't know why sprinting was as frustrating as it was you could get fatigued after sprinting for a while but i don't know why that's even there because it's not like he goes that much faster when he is sprinting it was just a way for me to be like okay come on i want to get to the next section running out of stamina doesn't put me at a disadvantage other than now i'm slower like i i feel like they should have gotten rid of that in this edition but whatever i totally agree with you on on the sprinting because to me like i never became fatigued in combat i became fatigued when i was walking like around the citadel trying to get places yes in big environments like that it was super frustrating i'm like these worlds are cool but after i've gone to them two or three times i've seen what i'd have to see i just want to get to the place and there are fast travel systems here and there in the world and then actually mm-hmm. taking your ship the normandy from to from universe to universe that's another complaint i have with the loading times they're not too long but you're seeing them constantly but my point is like the, there's Ooh. ways to make this faster and it's not did you not have problem with loading did you get long loading times? not long loading times but the amount of loads i got were frequent i'm like the the period of jumping from one galaxy to another you always saw that ship animation uh landing yeah. down into a planet you always saw the mako dropping from the ship instead of just popping into the world and going right there um the actual how many loading screens i saw were 
um, not a ton, but those animations that operated as uh, the world is loading gotcha, was gotcha. It, it just happened a lot. Yeah, yeah, uh, they are there, and again, I think this just goes back to like the old bones, um, in that before, like all those loading screens were necessary. I think now, if they had remade the game and reworked how like the actual how everything was functioning, they probably could have done away with those. But instead, they chose to leave them in and just try to make them snappy. Um, which to me, I I at least was very pl- uh, delighted with. Um, performance and load times and everything in terms of uh i was usually always running pretty close to 144 fps in gameplay uh i rarely ever saw it dip below 120 um not that it even matters to that extent right but it's just to say it runs well i don't even know what 120 Um, looks like (laughs) (laughs) and um i i have a 144 hertz monitor so it's nice i get to see it's real cute whoa Uh uh-huh Whenever I see it running at 144, like, uh, was it Devil May Cry was the one that was, like, rock solid stuck at it? I was like, optimize. It's a good game. <laughs> but anyways. <habit>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, point is that, yeah, like, loading screens were super, super fast on PC, at least for me as well. Um, like, the game has a number of elevators, which, to an extent, were, like, once upon a time used for loading. Now, like, they are so unnecessary that... And it sucks because they programmed a bunch of unique conversations for your companions to have. So, like, now when you when you load in, like, the conversation will just be starting and I'll already see press spacebar to skip. Yeah, um, but those were the moments fast. that I didn't want to skip. I wanted to hear the conversations. I, did. I never did. And occasionally, like, you would do side quests and the world would comment on it too if you're in an elevator like a news network starts mm-hmm. playing and it's talking about like an interview you had with some random lady and i'm like oh that's really cool they're talking about like uh choices i made in that scene i really enjoyed yeah. that but the parts where there was no discussion in an elevator i couldn't skip those i'm like this is the yeah. one i want to skip <laughs> what the hell <laughs> what's going on and ah that that was also a little frustrating but I get that. Um, At the very, like, you know, as a positive, though, I do love the attention to detail in, um, I mean, in the world in general, we'll get into it. I think now we're moving into gameplay, um, but we'll get into the side quests and all of that in a second. But I think the the world, they very much went out of their way to make it feel like it was lived in and constantly changing and evolving. And that's one of the big praises for the Mass Effect series as a whole. Um, and I think that that shines through. And yeah, like much like you said, I never skipped any of those elevator rides where my companions were talking because I I wanted to hear what they were saying. So it, the main worlds that you travel to, they did a really good job of making it super detailed, um, making it lived in, encountering new places and people. That was all really well done, but. Uh, and I like the system of going from planet to planet, universe to universe, galaxy to galaxy. That feels really cool. Like I'm on a big space adventure. But once you've seen like two or three side quest planets, you have seen them all. Eventually you just realize, oh, this is like a reskin of the last planet I was at, except it's red instead of blue. Uh, except it's flatter instead of a bunch of mountains. Like at first I'm like, oh, I'm going to all these different planets. This is super cool. I get to explore all this stuff. I love this. But then you're like, oh, in each galaxy, I could really only land on one planet. All the other stuff is just fluff that I could scan and yeah. read about. Um, 
but there's not a lot of variety there, and it got dull after a while, especially when traveling with the Mako on those planets. Uh-huh. That was a little grindy for me. That was one of my huge questions for you. I wanted to know how you felt about the galaxy system. So, for those of you listening, um, in this game, like there is a whole galaxy, and there are systems that you travel to, and then within the systems, there are a number of planets, yada, 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 and you're flying all over the place trying to find different people, accomplish different objectives, visiting different planets. Um, and then there are like a couple of big set pieces, uh, like without spoiling anything, like one of the places that you go to very early on is the Citadel, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's like, oh, here's where all the races congregate to, you know, do their business. Yeah, and there's a ton of different people there all over the place, and there's buildings and different sections. Um, but a big part of the game is kind of visiting like these smaller systems and planets where a lot of times it's like this little chunk of map and there's like two or three things there and the rest of it is desert. Um, not only that, one of the things that surprised me, of course, when you're exploring is um, a lot of the planets you can't even land on. Right. Uh, you can you can scan them and it'll be like, you found hydrogen. Or you can just kind of read about them a little bit, but there's it's like, oh, you can't land here, which makes sense. Um, and again... Once you've read one thing, I will say about this game, you all will be proud of me. I read stuff. I was that into some of the lore, you know, <laughs> it got me to read. Oh, my god! And it is inter- it's an interesting read for some things, like the whole backstory with uh, humans and how they fit into the world. However, mm-hmm. when it comes to reading about all the different planets you're going to, once you've seen one, you've seen all of them. Because eventually the description is just like, this planet is a hydrogen planet with this and this. Like, what? You'll be surprised to find I agree with you on this one. (laughs) I think I agree with you, though. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, I, I, not to diminish, I think the world building here is super cool. And, like, when there is something to discover, like, a lot of times you can just scan, like, a computer really quick. And it gives you, like, an interesting tidbit of, like, stuff that is very much rooted in the world and makes it feel lived in. Um, But usually it does it in like a sentence, in a really effective way. It's like, hey, this. And you're like, oh wow, that's cool. Usually the bigger blocks of text, at least for the planets, are like the same kind of like, there's a lot of xenon, and the molten core makes it uninhabitable, and this, which might be cool if, you know, there were one or two like, I, I don't know why I find myself thinking about Outer Worlds a lot as I've been playing Mass Effect. Um, Because in Outer Worlds, one of my big complaints, and I will say, like, I know that's not everyone's cup of tea. I loved that game. Um, My big complaint with it was that there just wasn't, like, I wanted to see more planets. I wanted to see more variety and that sort of thing. This game is almost the opposite in that it has all the systems that you think you want in the game. But I actually almost wish they had pared it down a little bit more. Um, Only because, like, if you give me a planet that I can't land on and I read about it and it's like, oh, you can't land on it for this, this, and this reason. And it is like this big glaring thing there that it's like, oh, that's the uninhabitable planet. I think that's a cool decision. But to have, like, uh, for example, one of the quests you have to go find someone and it's, like, in a system where you have to, there are, like, six different planets and and you don't know which one it is. And so it's like, it, even though it doesn't take long, you're just going like planet by planet. It's like, I can't land here. I can't land here. I can scan this. I can do this. Uh, uh, uh. 
it almost felt like it was just artificially extending the search time. And I know why they did it. Like, you have to understand, it's an old game. I get it. Um, right? It makes the world feel big. But it almost feels unnecessary. Like, it was almost annoying. Yeah, like, if why... It, if it wasn't so snappy, it, it would have been annoying. Why have it at that point? I don't know how snappy it is, because when I click into a planet to scan it, I can't immediately back out of it. I have to wait for the whole thing to zoom in and the text bubble to pop up before I'm able to back out of it again. And sometimes I just forgot. I'm like, wait, was this the planet I could land on? And I click into it. I'm like, oh... Damn it! No, I can't. And I, I tried back out of it, and I can't immediately. But it's almost like, why even have some of this stuff there? Like, it looks cool. It fills out the map and the galaxy, and it's pretty to look at. But after you've done a couple, I'm like, eh, I just want to go to where I have to go. And I almost wish like there was more explorable options. At first, I was very overwhelmed by the concept of going to all these planets, and then I got a sense of relief once I realized I'm like, oh, okay, it's only one per galaxy. That's not as bad yeah. as I thought. But then you go to really cool places, like you could go to like our own galaxy at one point and you could land on our moon and Earth is there in the background when you land there. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I want to go to Neptune, but I can't. Then it just feels yeah. like a tease and busy work. <laughs> and uh, it's a good and bad thing because it's they have really cool concepts there. They just don't go far enough with it, I feel like. So then it just became like a bummer in a way. Um, the yeah. text box thing you mentioned was cool. Things that popped up and you got a little bit of lore and like a sentence or two. I enjoyed that. But sometimes when you were side questing, you got like a huge block of text saying like, oh, Shepard was knocked out and he had this dream. And it goes into detail about something that happens just by interacting with something. And I'm like, wait, mm -hmm. why not show us that? That sounds really awesome, but I'm just reading about some giant event that happened. Why, why aren't we actually doing that? And for the most part, it does with big side quests, but you get the occasional two or three of them in this game that just, it's like, uh, we didn't have time to program this. We just typed it all up for you. Here you go. And I'm like, wait, I want to yeah. see that, though. That sounds cool. Uh, I don't know if you ran into those yet, but it was a little frustrating. Yeah, I I get that. And then for me, I I both love some of the side quests and I hate some of the side quests. Like, there's one that I went to, like, literally just at random. There was nothing telling me to go there. It was just I was able to land on the planet and I went there. And there was really one main thing to do. And it was this facility that actually then opened up a full, like, legitimate side quest, like, in the log. Uh, and so I was very happy I did it. But, like, one of the things that again gets me like you were saying yeah a lot of the planets you can land on unless they are major planets for the game it's just a bunch of terrain like it's a small area you can drive around really just with the purpose of discovering two or three main things there um and some of the surprises are delightful on one planet a giant like worm popped out of the sand and it was like a mini boss battle that was fun yeah um on another planet like I had to clear out this base, and then at the end I discovered this thing about a character that opened up a side quest. Uh, but sometimes some of the stuff I was like, hold up, why are these people shooting at me? I was like, who are you? What happened? Like, I I just, I would have loved to have seen a little more depth in the optional stuff. Um, which is very weird for me to say that, like, the big outer space stuff felt surface level. And then the little side quests, like on the Citadel, like you can just run into random citizens who are asking you for help. And to me, those were some of my favorites. Like, yeah. it was literally a side quest that lasted me all of, I think, two minutes of some dude that's like, bro, they won't give me my, my wife's body. Yeah, 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 And it's yeah. literally, go talk to one person, and then go talk to someone else, and then you're done. 
And I was thinking about that side quest for a while afterwards. I was just like, wow, like that, that felt like a real person, a real thing. I made a decision, like, and that felt thoughtful. And I like that. I love that. I, I almost wish that instead of being so expansive, they had like chosen fewer areas and filled it with more quests like that. I agree. On that side quest and other side quests that you'll probably encounter the more you play the game, I this might be my favorite Western RPG that I've played, and you guys might know already, I'm not a big fan of them. Like, Morrowind, I couldn't take at all. Actually, no, I take it back. Witcher 3 is my favorite Western RPG by far. But this is, is coming in as a close second just because the decision-making and dialogue options that you have at your disposal, they really like give you a moment to think about like wait what should i say here this is a tough like yeah. actual moral quandary like what that side quest that you just mentioned was the first time I'm like oh wait i might have to actually think about this because this guy this seems yeah. like the right decision to do but this guy also raises a good point about what maybe i should choose right so you're kind of stuck mm-hmm. there really thinking about it versus in other games there's a very clear like this is the good boy choice this is the bad boy choice what version of the character do you want to play and in that instance it's like i guess i'll do the good one because i don't want to feel bad about it but in this game a lot of these decisions felt like okay there's a little bit of a gray area here how could i weave my way around this to come to the best outcome right and i really enjoyed that aspect of it that pops up a few times in the game it's really cool yeah, and I know it's uh, it sounds like I've been ragging on the game quite a bit, um, and it's not because I don't like it because I I have been enjoying a lot of the stuff. It's just uh, I guess in comparison to like the peaks when when something is not even a disappointment, but like when it doesn't realize the full potential of like that is within the game at other points, you're almost like damn, you know. Uh, but I want to say that, like, yeah, those things, like, the decision-making in this game, I think that's the star of the show, and I think that is why this game is so beloved and why it's prevailed. Um, yeah. Because even though it does employ, like, a morality system, to me, I, I almost didn't care, like, that's the blue choice, this is the red choice, like, I don't care, like, what is the actual choice I want to make? And it also led to a few laughs, like, at one point I chose, like, the obviously mean option. But I didn't think it was going to be that bad. It was just me being like, oh, here, I got you this. And then they were going to pay me. And I was like, I think I deserve a little more. Like, the text was very innocuous. It was just something like that. And I clicked it. And he, he freaking, like, puts the girl up against the wall. Oh, and no. he goes like, <laughs> yeah. I, he goes, you know what I did to get this? I think you got to give me more than, more than what you're offering me. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, relax. <laughs> Well, um, I, I did one quest where I guess there was, like, a bunch of dirty cops running around the city. Yeah. And I have to go steal something for some – not steal it, but, like, find, like, a, a key card uh-huh. for some guy or something. And I encounter these dirty cops, and they're, like, yelling at me, like, you need to get out of here right now. And I'm, like, there's not too many consequences of this game so far. And if they're supposed to be bad guys, I'll just kill them all. So I did that, and I wiped out the whole floor of the, the dirty cops. And at the end, it's, like, you just killed a bunch of police officers. What? What are you doing, dude and i got like 10 renegade points i'm like oh whoops i guess that was the bad choice so after that i'm like let me really think about the consequences here if i do kill off an entire entire police force dirty or not the the town might not like me so much you know so yeah things to think about but you're Uh, right where this this game shines is in the story the characters and the actual rpg elements of it so all that was fantastic 
And I don't even want to spoil it, but like there is a decision that you make in a Mass Effect game that actually ends up being like a huge thing in a later Mass Effect game. Um, in terms oh. of like reverberating effects, so like yes, it does. Stuff, I, yeah, I've already noticed that in Mass Effect too. I don't know what you're specifically talking about, but there are big decisions you make that can carry over to the next couple games, and I've already noticed that from the hour of Mass Effect two that I've played, and they're like, they're big choices. I'm like, okay, maybe I could get out of this. I can make this choice now, but the game's going to give me another one later that I can fix this situation, and you cannot. <laughs> like the, Some yeah. of these decisions are very, very permanent, so you don't have much opportunity to do it. But I love that about the game. It makes it feel real. It's like almost like a Telltale game where like you are sticking with this decision, and these are the yeah. consequences of it. It's, again, everything they do in this game, uh, again, despite like my issues with it, goes towards making the world feel real and alive. And I think they accomplish that, even with all the jank and everything. Um, and I I think it's really brilliant. And even for stuff that, like, isn't, like, big um, life-changing decisions, they give you a lot of opportunity to, like, role-play, which I think is nice because it, it helps you continue to get invested. Like, it's little dialogue. Like, at one point, you know, you give a speech... Uh, to like your crew and you have like a bunch of different options or when you're talking to people right you kind of as a representative of humanity who in this world humanity's like just not too long ago uh, made a huge discovery that kind of brought them forward uh, 200 years technologically and so now they're joining all these other space races and so humanity's very much like looked down on as like the primitive race yeah um, they're like at the bottom rung of all these different yeah. i thought that was fascinating i'm like oh that's that's so cool I, it, the world that they built was really neat yeah it's it's very cool and then so like also as like commander shepherd a lot of times you have opportunities to be like Oh, we're gonna do what's right because humanity or like or you can also just be like screw humanity i'm gonna do this because yada 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 and it's like not even again not even decisions but just like your responses yeah. which uh i think are are really fun and like it helps you get attached to your character. or a balance of the two as well in many cases like i'm not doing it just for humanity i'm also not saying fuck humanity i'm doing it for everybody right mm -hmm. there, there's, there's a lot of choices like that yeah absolutely yeah I guess now's a good time to jump into story briefly a little bit. Story, characters, that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, so uh, no spoilers. And also, I'm still somewhat early in the game, so I'm probably going to be a little lighter on the discussion here. Uh, but I definitely want to open with characters. And uh, my first note is just uh, your first two crew members are human characters. <laughs> and man... I feel bad for whoever designed and worked on those characters because, like, who the hell is going to choose to run around with two humans when you have all manner of different races with you with, like, all these cool abilities? Well, you would choose the humans if they were interesting characters, but they're not. <laughs> they're yeah. very, very bland. At least one of them's bland. The other one's just a horrible person, uh, <laughs> Ashley. But, um... Yeah, they start you off with the two weakest ones. The The thing about it is I, I could see why all the, the different alien races hate humans because they are mm -hmm. just either unlikable or bland. But those are only two. Everybody else is super cool and super awesome and super engaging. Um, yeah. I forget all the names of the different races of uh, the, the aliens, but 
the character Krogans, you have uh, that's right. Turians, Turians have... yep. Um, Liara, I forget, is she a Turian? No, it's uh, 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 Garrus is the Turian. Liara is it's like something like an S. I can't remember. I can't remember either. But they're all super cool and super unique, and they all have their own unique like culture and the way they look at the world in terms of uh, interacting with different races or uh, how they encounter relationships, things like that. Um, so learning about how each race thinks about those things and how each character within the race reacts to that stuff was always super interesting. I romanced Liara. I thought she was fantastic. So that was my choice for a romance. Um, but you learn about all their backstories mainly through going down to the bottom of the Normandy and talking to each of them and learning more about their backstory. Rex has a super interesting one. Yeah. Um, the arc that Garrus has in terms of reacting to you and how he treats you as a character is very cool and fun to watch play out. Uh, Ashley sucks. Um, Liara is adorable and I love her character, but no, I, I think the game really shines with, with these guys and they really feel like your crew, you know, that you get to know over yeah. the game. Very Star Trek esque in that respect, but um, very much yeah, so, yeah. All very unique and interesting and cool to explore, but yeah. yeah. How do you feel about the voice acting? Because I think some of the voice acting is phenomenal. And then I think a lot of the other voice acting is, like, so stiff. Um, I don't know if it's, like, a character choice or what, but to me, Commander Shepard sounds like you got Google Assistant to read yeah. some lines. Like, Hello, I am the commander. Uh, yeah. Come, let's do this mission I'm for all for of humanity. <laughs> Enough. Let us move on. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've heard Fem Shep is... The female shepherd is pretty darn good, so maybe after I've played through these three games, I'll try her next and see how it compares. But for the most part, I thought the voice acting was really well done. Rex, especially, oh my god, he's Rex Garrett, hilarious. like all of the crew is is quite good. Even the bland humans, I think they have a lot of personality in their voice. Yeah, um, Anderson, I'm pretty sure that's uh, the guy who voices the president in Rick and Morty. Who else does he voice? I was saying the whole time on stream, I'm like, I know where that voice is from. I just can't place it. I, I wouldn't know him from Rick and Morty. It's something else. I got to look it up, though. But he's a good voice actor for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there there's a lot of good voices. And then just every now and then you'll find one that I'm like, you have a good voice, but your delivery is just very stiff. And I, I'm just curious if that's maybe a, a side effect of, like, the time where, maybe. like, yeah. voice acting just wasn't you know what it is now where they approach these very like naturalistic performances because a lot of the characters that do have this fantastic voice acting that sound natural are the ones that are more caricature like Rex uh, being a Krogan is this big bulky uh, like battle centric character so of course he has like the, the gravelly like action character voice and so uh, he he has that like sarcastic tone there and all of that, and so he has more life. Whereas the a lot of times it's just the humans end up falling super flat for me at least. Yeah, well, the first human, what's his name? Kano, 
or something like that. Kato. Yeah, some, something like that. I'm not his, gonna lie, I only see him in cutscenes. His uh. yeah, me too. His voice is act, he's not a bad voice actor. He has a really cool scene later in the game that you yeah. you'll come across, but it's just his character and the writing of him. I'm like, I don't care about you. I don't know anything, and I don't care to know anything. <laughs> um, yeah. So there there was a couple of stories that were written that were a little bit weak for these characters, but just for the most part, I didn't have a problem with the voice acting and uh, the writing. It's just a couple duds here and there. Yeah. The story is very powerful, especially in the main missions. Side quests, there's a few really good ones that are solid, but for the most part, I think the the heavy hitter when it comes to the story is those those main quests and that the ones that make you make those decisions in the heat of a yeah. moment. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I definitely, I like a lot of the side quests and when it comes to the main story. I actually think it's a little bit of a slow start. Like, there's some yes. cool stuff that gets introduced, but there's, like, lulls in between big moments. Yes. Um, but, again, the writing, because there's so much to the world um, in terms of, like, you're having all these different terms, like, thrown at you so casually that you're trying to keep up. Mm. That, to me, I felt... Uh, even when I wasn't super hooked on, like, the plot in, like, early sections, I was interested enough in the world to keep exploring, which then eventually got me to, like, the big plot points where I was like, ooh. And they do a really good job of continuously feeding you the lore throughout the story because I was very shocked uh, how much I remembered and knew when I came to that beginning part of Mass Effect 2. Um in Mass Effect 1, I was constantly saying, like, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what's happening. I'm still trying to learn everything. But when I started that first stream of the second game, I'm like, oh, wait, but he's a Spectre and this and that and this group over here. And I was naming a bunch of different things. I'm like, oh, I guess I do know quite a bit. So I think they did just feed that to the players. The game went on. So even if you're thinking it's confusing, you know a lot more than you think. And that's just, like, good writing and good storytelling, I think. Yeah, and that's that's a difficult thing to accomplish in like a sci-fi setting, I think. Introducing worlds effectively like when it's so detached from like our world and you you need to find a way to introduce these basic concepts without just being like annoying as hell. Um, and I think they pull it off, you know, with with grace. I think they do it well. For sure. Um yeah, I don't know, like, a- any other comments on story, like, without getting into spoilers? Like, did it live up to the hype of it? Because I don't know about you, but to me, Mass Effect has always been hyped as, like, this legendary, like, top five of all time, like, game series. So I went into this knowing that Mass Effect 1 would not be that. I Even though people say Mass Effect is the greatest series of all time, blah, blah, blah. I know they're really talking about 2. Everyone talks about Mass Effect 2 when it comes to that stuff. I think it's, uh, from my context, the Kingdom Hearts effect of, oh, the Kingdom Hearts series is great. You should all play it. They're talking about Kingdom Hearts 2. I know that. We all know that. So that's going into 1. I'm like, this will be pretty good, but I don't want to get my expectations too high. That's why I was pleasantly surprised by all the stuff that I found. I'm like, oh, no, this world is super interesting. I like a lot of these characters. I'm excited to see where they go uh, in the future games, if they show back up. I don't know. Um, and I, the overall plot I was into, I, I, was, I kept questioning things like, wait, is this going to happen? And why are they reacting that way? Um, 
I, I was super into it. And when it came down to big choices, unlike in Morrowind, where I'm like, click, 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 not reading, don't care. In this one, I was actually engaged and like, okay, what what do I choose here? What will happen? How will this character react to this, right? So, um, no, I, I, I wasn't blown away by the experience. It's certainly not one of my favorite games I've ever played, but I did enjoy it and I liked it. Fair. Do you have anything you want to add? Or like Amanda, TJ, do you guys have questions as people who haven't played the game? Y'all answered most of the ones that I did have. Um, but yeah, I was also going to bring up just like how more people seem hype about Mass Effect 2 than they did the first one. But you just addressed it. So I, I would like to see how you feel about that one. But we won't know about that till next week. That's so yeah. funny because like I just... Especially for stuff like this that is so hyped, I just avoid the discourse. And so, at least in my experience, the people I've talked to about Mass Effect always just hype the series to me, so I didn't know it was specifically. Again, from my point of view, if you yeah. talk to a Kingdom Hearts fan, I will sell you on all the games, but I really mean Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't try to check too much into discourse as well with other game series, but, you know, I hear the buzz here and there, like... Mm-hmm. Apparently, Mass Effect 3 is good, but there's, like, a controversial ending or something. And then Mass Effect 2 is, like, the end-all, be-all for the series. So, and I don't know anything further than that. I don't know the context of anything. So, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> what was that, TJ? I just think it's cool that um, the concept behind Mass Effect and, like, the... The fact that it was one of the early games where you could really interact with more players than just the protagonist yeah. and really get to know other players and stuff like that. Characters, not players. Yeah. Um, really influenced the industry in general. Like, the first game may not be the greatest, but it definitely put the industry um, forward and it changed a lot of stuff, which led stuff like The Witcher and yeah. um, Assassin's Creed and stuff like that. Yeah, I just I think it's say- interessante. Yeah. I, I was gonna say actually that like one of the things I thought about constantly in this game, I was I was thinking a lot about outer worlds and I was also thinking about how like clearly, at least to me, like this is such a seed for eventually the Witcher Three. Um, like you see so much of like the DNA of you do. producing these ideas for them to later be in my opinion perfected in that game. You know. You so. you said you love the Outer Wilds, but you voted you should not buy it. I call outer worlds, not outer worlds. Oh, never mind. I take it back. <laughs> Damn it! I always get those two confused. I was about to be like fraud. You lie. You didn't love that one. Does. But <laughs> space exploration, outer worlds is also better than Mass Effect. But anyway, yeah. um, my my question to you is: Who is your favorite character? I, I think Rex. I think it's got to be Rex. I think mine is Rex. Rex and Garrus, I flip-flop, but probably yeah. I would lean Rex, I think. He's awesome. Yeah. I I just appreciate his demeanor as a whole, and his character design is so good. Yes. Like, whoever made the Krogans, what, like, what a great design to make this, like, T-Rex shark alien. Yeah. <laughs> like, a little bit of turtle in there, too. Yeah. So cool. Very cool. Uh, but are we ready to vote? Yes. Okay. I don't know what Should you're voting. Mm. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll go second. Okay. So in the case of <laughs> Mass Effect 1, Legendary Edition, 
How do we vote? Uh, so I said it before. I didn't love this game. It's certainly not one of my favorites I've ever played. But I was pleasantly surprised by the experience, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, technically, it's not the best <laughs> thing I've ever played. Uh, I think they got a little bit lazy with this remaster here, but... Uh, for the most part, I had an enjoyable experience. Really cool cast of characters. This is the ideal game to play if you've never played Mass Effect before, or even if you have played Mass Effect. Like this is the best version of it. But I think uh, it's a good place to jump into at this point now that this exists. Um, yeah. So I would give it a you should buy. I'm not talking about for the whole Legendary Edition. We'll get there, but just for Mass Effect One, I think it's worth your time and your money. So I say you should buy it though. Yeah, sweet. So, okay. This is, like, a, an interesting vote specifically because of the Legendary Edition. Because the Legendary Edition, you know, the whole gag is that for the price you're getting all three games. Right. So it's hard to detach it from that. Um, but we're going to do our best here. Um, I will tell you precisely who should not buy it. Uh, if you played Mass Effect 1 and you liked it, you were just like, that's cool. Uh, and that's it, and you're like, ooh, maybe the new game is going to be way better, like, don't spend your money, because it's the same game. Like, it, it really just is the same game. It's a little bit more enjoyable, but I think it was really made with, uh, I think the, the groups of people they had in mind for it were people who had yeah. never played the games before, and super or fans. people who love the game. Um, that said, I think that probably encompasses a large swath of people um i think this game is not as much fun as something like outer worlds despite being you know deeper and achieving different things and probably not as good as something like the witcher 3 um but i see why this game is like one of those fundamental like if you care about video games, this is a game you probably should experience. Um, and I found that the jank they removed made it just fun enough that, like, the world really is interesting. Um, and I do want to, you know, play it and make it through all of the games. Uh, so even if this game isn't, like, five, you know, a thousand gold blooms out of a thousand possible gold blooms, like... This is the foundation to then continue into that Mass Effect world. And I think it is a lot of fun. Um, I know it sounds like I don't like it, but I do. Uh, uh, just temper your expectations is is my uh, recommendation. But yeah, as long as you fall into either of those two camps. If you love the game or if you haven't played it yet, absolutely you should buy it. And you should get this version of it. Don't I wouldn't play the original. Do not do because it sounds miserable. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. You can probably get Mass Effect One for like ten dollars, maybe less. That's what I did. Okay, I own the trilogy already. The Mako was so bad, I never made it past the first two hours of the game. <laughs> Yikes! Don't cheap out just get the freaking legendary edition you will be thankful for it because when you think about it they're 20 bucks each like that's not yeah. bad i i think exactly. that's that's more than fair so in the case of mass effect one legendary edition you should buy it though 
Hey. Wow. One out of three should buy it. Hey. Oh, boy. Hey. We will, uh, at the end of the three review, give, like, our overall review for the... Like we do with Bioshock. The collection. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if you passed all of them and then you said don't buy them all together? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see if it lives up to the hype. Uh, I think one gets the biggest pass for me in terms of, like, excusing stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good game. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, I do hope the subsequent games um, are a bigger deal, though, than what I've gotten so far. The shooting surprised me because this came out like a year or two after Resident Evil 4, which paved the way for third-person shooters. So this must have been in development at the same time as RE4 because I can't imagine why they regressed to like a a roll-the-dice type of shooter instead of just a traditional third-person shooter. But I digress. That's all I have to say. Good job, Mass (laughs) Effect 1. Good job, Mass Effect. Good job. Yeah, um, do pig. and good do. job, you guys, for listening. So proud of you. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will be reviewing the rest of the Mass Effect series, so stay tuned for that. If you like what we do, and you're like, hey, I want to support these people because uh, Amanda and TJ, they don't get to play games anymore because they're working <laughs> so hard to pay the bills. Oh so much. Uh, Nick and I have developed a an incredibly expensive uh, taste for truffles and foie gras. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Unfortunately, Amanda had to take up a second job, and uh, TJ had to start working as well. Yeah, I want to try foie gras, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you want to help TJ try foie gras, uh, please consider supporting us on patreon.com slash shouldibuy. Wow. that sucks. Yeah. Like, we support it. Like, we, we buy it for it, but we didn't even get to have it. Yeah, it's, no. that's kind of messed up. Listen, uh, Nick and I, we uh, we really need that uh, the big boy energy to review these games. And, no, uh, you don't. Uh, and if you enjoy the chaos that is Should I Buy It, though, please consider enjoying the chaos that is Dungeons & Drimbus, our actual play D&D podcast. We just finished our second series, The Hunt for the Florida Man. Go binge it. It's Woo. great. Uh, we're releasing a bunch of fun stuff over there. And Ooh. our third series, Your Honor, is coming out very, very soon. So go give it a listen. Um, thank you for every. <laughs> wow, my brain is like just turning into pudding today. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I'm going to get off and go see a doctor, I guess. Uh, we'll talk at you real soon. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> Tell us what your yeah. biggest Mass Effect was. Goodbye. That's a weird in real life. What is your massive, massive mass effect? What effect had the most mass for you? Yep. What was your massive effect? Goodbye. Goodbye. Good. Goodbye. It's ending. That's the end of no. It's the end of the episode. Goodbye.